0: Previously, on Anything Goes. And they're popular, I just personally don't think they're funny. As opposed to, like, fuck those guys. Right, right. I mean, what is I that? I think that comes I, age too. It, well, this is show business. We're not in politics. Yeah. These aren't leaders. If you don't like them, that's fine. There's no reason to shit on them necessarily if they're not doing anything to you or, you know, who cares if people like them? Yeah, I they're, mean,
1: they're not going to make any life or death decisions that are really going to affect you. But, but some whether... the, right. But some of these guys are great comics. Uh, and I think a lot of times, like I've been in comedy Death Ray, where you get an old timey guy, someone of my generation who they don't know, who they would have
0: dismissed as a hack, come up and kill with fairly pedestrian jokes. So what that tells me is that. But they don't really know the difference mm-hmm. until somebody tells them. So I, I
1: think there are lines drawn that are elitist based on, you know, uh, 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 contempt prior to investigation. Right. I always think that there's something, you know, as as hacky as a bit or a premise might be, there's there's someone out there that hasn't heard the shopping cart with a wobbly wheel uh, observation before.
0: Yeah, well you that's you yeah, a little sad. <laughs> well, yeah, it is sad <laughs> as it is, but you well, know you're not doing that one, are you?
1: Yeah, no. Dude, no right. dude, that's <laughs> my closer. That's his closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she like brings out a
2: cart, it's a song, and a puppet. And I asked the management, it's just uh, first play
1: on the CD player.
0: And now, let's get to a new exciting show. <laughs> hey, Sunday baby, how are you doing? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some
2: laughs?
0: Are you? Even when you're a star, a punch in the head is still a punch in the head. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here, fucking comedian?
1: Hey there, everybody! Thanks for listening. This is Anything Goes for the week of October sixteenth, two thousand thirteen. We are coming to you from the XM Studios in uh, downtown Toronto. We're actually back in our old, our old uh, bunker. Um, we are not at Liberty Street because, uh, of course, this is the day uh, that we were recording, which is not the day that you're hearing this. But uh, this is uh, we record sometimes on Mondays, and uh, you'll be hearing it on a Wednesday. But we're at the um, Avenue Road in Davenport. But all this time that I'm telling you this, that you probably don't give a shit, and that's quite all right. On this episode, we don't have Darren Frost. Uh, he went away for the weekend, and he has to spend some family time. So, in the studio this week, hosting the show, uh, is a, a very funny comic, a very good friend of mine. For uh, He reminded me when uh, we went uh, karaoke-ing for the afternoon that uh, Pete and I have known each other for 17 years. Pete Zedlacker is in the studio with hey. me. Hey. Hey. I'm applauding for myself. Yay! <laughs> hey. That's always like the uh, applause. I, I thought I was going to hear, I went to go see the movie Gravity, uh-huh. and uh, I thought I was going to hear applause at the end of that movie, like for the projectionist. I don't know. Who oh, that, yeah. But that's always one of those weird moments when your people are at a movie theater, and who are you well, applauding for? if you're at a, if you're at a
2: premiere, you yeah. know, and the filmmakers are in the crowd, well, then you applaud, right? Right, I but guess it's so, just yeah. like if you're really swept up in <laughs> Men in Black 2, and you yeah. really want to stand up and applaud after, yeah. you're just you give them a weird the,
1: dude. Uh, that that is weird. Of like, who are we applauding for? Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, that's some observational comedy right there. I right think so. Them? This is uh, good. I, uh, I, I observe. Laughs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky. I'm so lucky. I don't have to worry about those. My next <laughs> Just for Laughs uh, Gala performance. Haven't, you've done. You just came back from. You were at JFL. Were you at JFL this past year? Uh, I was there. 2012, so last year technically, technically last year, last year. Yeah. yeah, and that was your how many? Uh, what that was seventh. Was that?
2: that was my third gala, seventh, seventh appearances, seventh technology. appearance, yeah.
1: third gala, yeah, and but now you have a much more uh, prestigious title that you're walking around with. You were uh, won the yeah. Sirius XM Canada's next top comic. That's right. Uh, w- Except
2: when I say it, I say Sirius XM's next top comic. I just leave the Canada out, yeah, and make it sound more vague, like it was right. an international competition. What.
1: Well, uh, because I think
2: there was some Americans in there. <coughs> were there yeah. some of them? Some of the, yeah, from uh, out west.
1: Some of them could compete, yeah. but none of them actually... Did anyone make it to the finals no, in Toronto? it was all Canadians. All Canadians? It well, finals, that's a good yeah. sign, I think. Yeah. Um, now, what actually... What, what were you awarded with this? To, what came with that title,
2: I got Next a, Top Comic? Um, I got to pose with the trophy. Okay. And I was told as much like the Stanley Cup. Yeah. I thought, oh my God, I have a beautiful trophy to bring home. And they were like, no, no, this is... You just get your name on this one, so right? I, I posed for the photographs. You know where does and that then, trophy sit? I don't know. That's, I thought maybe <laughs> you guys would know because we're at Sirius XM I thought maybe I'd see the trophy today no
1: no no you think it would be it's probably, it, it might be down to the Liberty Studios oh, yeah. I'm not sure okay. but you'd think that they should have that on
2: display somewhere um, things are getting taken care of down there so they they let, let me hold the you know pose with the, the statue or whatever right. they, the and then they handed me a check for fifteen thousand dollars oh well that, that was cool the, that was much better than the
1: trophy. Did, now what no because we went out uh you I don't think you'd won yet that night, that we, that afternoon, you we were drinking. Yeah, it was the next day. Well, that was the day after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, did, what financially happened to you? Where you literally had like a fifteen thousand dollar <laughs> payment to
2: make, and then you won yeah. that almost exact yeah. amount of money. Well, we're getting into nuts and bolts of my finances here, but it's not an embarrassing story. But I got hit with a gigantic tax bill last right, year. Right. Yeah. And then that was that was my bill that came in in the email, and yeah. then the very next email was. Uh, hey, do you want to sign up for Sirius XM's next top comic? Right. And the top prize is fifteen grand. i am like, well, there's my tax bill to all taken care of right there. That sounded like a... And that's, uh, it, it was right out of a storybook. Like yeah. I, I read that and I showed it to my wife and she said, well, you're going to sign up for it, right? And I'm like, <laughs> I haven't done a contest in like, I don't know, 10 years. How do you approach contests? Like, I mean, with, do you, with fists, well,
1: um, fists to win, <laughs> but I mean, like, are there jokes that you might not normally do uh, because A, maybe they're not your favorite anymore, or they just look at them as like sort of like, these are, oh man, these are crowd pleasers, I don't know necessarily. Oh, that's a good question.
2: Uh, I approached it in the way that, because you never know, you never right. know how it's going to be judged. Is yeah. it judged completely on audience reaction? Right. Is it judged by uh, industry people who are judges? Yeah. Or is it going to be a combination of both? Right. So I just went, you know what? I'm going to just do my shiniest, best stuff that I like to do. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So I basically did that one show in Kitchener. Right. And then I (laughs) made it to the semifinals. Yeah. And then from there, I made it to the online voting, and then I made it to the finals. Mm -hmm. And then the finals was during uh, Just for Last 42 here in Toronto. Yeah. So I got to do that show, and then I just did another show. So basically, I did two shows. Right. That was it.
1: Well, now, uh, because, I mean, sometimes, I mean, if you're trying to put together a set for, like, a, a festival, and if it's your first appearance there... You sort of want, a, you know, you want to do jokes that are going to get, first of all, get the audience on board, but then also describe, like, you as a, as a character. As uh, yeah. But, I mean, and as a contest, you might not necessarily think of that uh, because you just, yeah. want, you just want to
2: fucking win, yeah. right? And also, you only have a very short, limited time to, you know, to win the audience over, find out, you know, who you are on stage, and then to win them over with comedy. So it's, yeah, it's a tough, I mean, when you do, it like, a headlining run for, yeah. like, an hour, an hour and a half, you've got, Plenty of time to goof off on stage. Right? Uh, my
1: my favorite play, way to win people is over is at gunpoint. Gun That's why i was <laughs> like, or just th- or, Dave or Martin, or just put my finger down my throat and then just go all along the front row, yeah. and just and see uh, how fear the, fearful they are. And how's that working? Not very well.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm not one for contests though, but I, I you I'm know. not either. Like I couldn't. I, I'm blown away when I won it. Like it's crazy. I didn't even have myself as winning the contest. Like I was watching the show. Everybody had a killer set. Um, <laughs> The one very cool thing with that contest was that there was no rivalry backstage. Nobody right. was trying to be the dick, trying to, like, rattle anybody before they went on. Everyone was in a good mood. Let's just go have fun. And Colin Quinn was on the show. So, you know. <laughs> Colin Quinn. How he, did you, what was, uh, did you get to meet or, or chat with him yeah. at all? Yeah, he walked past me. He said, good set, Pete. And oh. I was like, thank you so much, Colin Quinn. And then I won. And then uh, as I was walking towards the stage, he patted me on the back. He said, good job. And I said, I love you, Colin Quinn. And he went, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of embarrassed myself there. But I do. I do love Colin Quinn. Yeah. Well,
1: I don't think any... I mean, uh, nobody doesn't like Colin Quinn. I don't think. I mean, unless... It it came out. I was, you
2: know, I was excited. Right. You know, it was a big moment.
1: Yeah, it's hard to, have you ever uh, met like a comedy or or even just like a famous person that you've uh, like idolized and then you've totally like screwed up that one introduction? Oh, that's a good
2: story, yeah. Yeah. Um, When I lived in New York, um, uh, Rick Moranis used to live in my neighborhood. Right. And uh, a buddy of mine used to see him all the time and they were standing in line at the ATM one time and then he started doing Bob and Doug McKenzie back and forth with Rick Moranis. Yeah. And he's telling me the story. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe that. You know, I'm the Canadian here. I should be able to do that with Rick Moranis. So I saw him walking down the street one day, and he's about, like, from me to you away. And I said, how's it going, eh? And he just rolled his eyes at me and kept walking. I was, like, so <laughs> embarrassed. I was like, oh, no. I way one shot to be cool with Rick Moranis, and he blew me off. So.
1: Well, it's And it's so hard to go up to someone and just say, hey. Like, you know, and you feel like a dick if people come up to you after show and go, great job, because there's always a part of you. I think every comic gets off stage and thinking, oh, there was that one bit that I didn't do. Yeah.
2: And you want to feel- That one guy in the audience glaring at me.
1: Oh, fuck. Well, (laughs) I'll tell you, those, I- I'll, I'll, I'll mention this fucking asshole that was uh, in the audience uh, of a show that I did on Saturday night. <laughs> uh, but uh, Saturday afternoon, well, actually, what is this? there was another story that you had once because you lived in New York for a while and you went to a bunch of SNL tapings. Yeah. And before Adam Sandler got famous, oh yeah, what was that? Oh, uh, this is a great story. You you, you sorry, got a minute? Yeah, yeah.
2: You chummed it up with him before he was like he was a featured Adam pl- Sandler. He was a featured player on SNL, and I used to hang out at Thirty Rock talking to all the cast members and. Uh everybody would mob Dana Carvey and Phil Hartman and Mike Myers. And Adam Sandler, like I said, it was a featured player, so nobody really knew him. But I'd always talk to him and ask him about stand-up comedy because I wanted to try stand-up. And he would always give me advice, and it turned out to be terrible advice. But what I mean, was his advice? He said, don't watch stand-up. Don't, don't hang out and watch comedy. Just go do your set and then leave right afterwards. So... Which is not the best advice you can give anybody. You know what I mean? It worked for him because he's such a weird comic, you know right? What I mean? Yeah. But there's tricks and you know, like techniques that you have to learn as a comedian to watch the best, and then. You know, figure out what you're gonna do.
1: Right, right, right. I mean, I guess you don't want to overexpose yourself to it. Because, this is what he was
2: trying to warn me about. You like know. don't saturate yourself in stand up. So anyway, I knew him. Like he well, knew it, me by name. Just right? to
1: interrupt, just because it's like that one sort of you can always tell when a comic has just watched a bunch of Brian Regan of course, or a yeah. bunch of Bill Hicks, especially. Yeah. Because he's been turned into this Elvis like, you know, yeah. uh, like when, uh, when we you know, started identity.
2: Mitch Hedberg was a right. big influence and there was like a thousand knockoff Mitch Hedberg's floating around. And, and sometimes it. you don't even realize it. But right. yeah, so you were in New York and you would chat and he hadn't become a feature player yet right so adam was uh, he was very polite he's a very nice guy and uh, he knew me by name like hey pete how's it going so i'm walking up broadway it was probably in the middle of the week and i was on a date and i saw adam sandler walking towards us and the girl i was with she said oh my god is that the guy from snl and just as we got close enough he's like hey pete how's it going i'm like hey adam are you, are you heading down to the show he's like, yeah we got a good one today and we just kind of briefly chatted yeah and then the girl was just like starstruck with me, like, "How do you know?" And I'm like, "Yeah, he's buddy."
1: <laughs> yeah. So, did Adam, you get, how did the how did the rest of that day go? Yeah, I got I got lucky. You did? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, so, to uh, what degree? Like the full, <laughs> the full, the full, full effect? Is that you want the details of the date? Well, I'm just wondering how far does association with Adam Sandler go? I'm just like, it was a, it was just a, a, if you knew the whole
2: cast, it was. A, if you knew the whole cast, <laughs> would you get like a handjob and? Uh, so I, 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 owe, say, uh, I owe Adam Sandler a high five. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I
1: I, uh, I got a chance actually to, uh, we interviewed, uh, Darren and I got a chance to interview Mark Marin here. Um, this is a while ago, but I was I was lucky uh, when uh, he was at JFL 42 mm-hmm. and uh, I saw him at the comedy bar and actually I was like, uh, I, I walked past, he walked past me. And um, he and I said to him, hey, I was like, "Hey, Mark," and he was like, "He was like, Hey, man!" And then he stopped, and then uh, and then he actually recognized me and right. said, "Oh, hey, I'm from the XM interview," and, uh, and so we chatted for a second or two, and then I saw him uh, sort of pacing around a bit, and I always think because he doesn't drink, and right. so it must be, I mean, you, I guess you get used to being in environments where they sell booze, and you're not
2: a drinker, sure.
1: But he was sort of on his own. Ooh, my cell phone. Went Your off cell again. phone as well. The.
2: Um, I put mine on airplane mode because I'm a <laughs> professional, Dave.
1: <laughs> well, I've yeah. never claimed to be. If actually, I'll mention the podcast from last week. And uh, oh, all right,
2: okay, we got to. You playing Angry Birds now? No, 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 no.
1: So uh, I I saw Mark at the uh, comedy bar, and I went up to him and I said, uh, um, I basically said, uh, I because I, I watched his show, Marin, and there's a particular cat on his because he has about three cats that he okay. always that uh, in his real life and on the TV show. And I said one of the cats that he has. Gets a lot of fucking work, right? Like this cat, I've seen him in a bunch it's of a different of commercials. Really? Oh, really? Okay. I can recognize him. I see him in a bunch of um, like <laughs> meow mix and in temptation commercials, and he's and all. You've he you got them all recorded, and you well, watch them over but and, it, and over again but to the degree where I can recognize him. I'm like, oh, that's the fucking cat that's in all the other commercials, and so um, <laughs> and and you know, Marin's a a delightfully bitter guy. Sometimes when it comes to his uh, you know, his climb in show business, and I said to him, listen, Mark, I just thought with a guy like you, you'd be more Employed some of the more underdog cats that haven't gotten a mm-hmm. lot of work, and I just when I saw that, uh, I and I just knew that if Mark Maron was a cat and he saw that cat on that show, he would be like, "Fuck you, <laughs> you, you fucking cat that gets all." So I, I said, "Mark, to Mark Maron, that is the John Stewart of cats." And okay. I, I said to Mark, "I can't believe you employed that cat. <laughs> I thought you would be looking for more of the." He and do... he, oh, he laughed and okay, he agreed good. with me too. Good. And I almost put it in an email, but I. Uh, wrote, uh, I uh, I fucking just sent it to him, which now I I don't have an email to send to him because I don't know what I would (laughs) want to say. Um,. Uh, very quickly uh, on Saturday, and of course uh, you were uh, you got uh, reminded of this uh, uh, later on. You were with a buddy at uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, he reminded you about uh, the the Duke. Uh, yes, Pete and I uh, we went to the the Duke, and uh, he, Pete's lovely wife was there with some friends of hers. Yeah, and it was an afternoon. Uh, we've talked about this on the show. Day before Day drinking. It's uh, and I and I love the day drink. I really do. Yeah. Uh, because you know if you start around three or four. Or... Yeah. You know, you've probably peaked around 8 or 9. You're in bed by 11, usually. Yeah. Unless you somehow take a nap and then keep the party going. I think but... I made it to about
2: 9.30. Yeah. So, not That's, bad. I prefer that, run. you know? Yeah.
1: Then you get a nice sleep. You wake up early in the morning-ish, kind of. Go for, yeah, go for a jog. Yeah. Go no. for a jog, throw up, grab <laughs> yeah. breakfast, the, and go back to bed. But I prefer I prefer the day drink. So, we went on the, uh, the day drinking to the Duke. And if you haven't been to the Duke, uh, it's a legendary Toronto bar. Right. They have karaoke in the afternoon. And it's hosted... By, by, Sweet uh, Siki. by Sweet Daddy Seeky. By
2: Sweet Daddy Seeky. That's a good impression, too. Well, it's okay, I suppose.
1: <laughs> but uh, Sweet Daddy's this big black dude, uh, used to be a former pro wrestler.
2: Former pro wrestler,
1: yeah. And he has not uh, he's not uh, lost his uh, blonde hair dye. Yeah, dive. he's got a Still, stick full of blonde hair, yeah, and, with a uh, big handlebar mustache. Big blonde handlebar mustache. Yep. And uh, now Pete has a classic <laughs> story about uh, his uh, first encounter yeah. uh, with uh, Sweet Daddy Seeky. So we were he's trying a, to
2: figure it out. It must have been 1985, I think it was okay when 85 I, so he came to wrestle in my hometown of wawa how old were you then probably 13 i guess 12, 13 okay. 12, 13 somewhere in there and uh <laughs> he was wrestling angela mosca jr and the, the gag was we didn't like it was bush league wrestling it wasn't wwe it wasn't you know hulk right. hogan and macho man savage it was no name wrestlers we didn't know who the good guy and the bad guy was so the ring announcer would try to set us off who we're supposed to be cheering for, right? Right. So he introduced Angela Mosca Jr., and he comes to the ring, and then uh, his opponent, Sweet Daddy Siki, and we cheered just as much for Sweet Daddy Siki as Angela Mosca Jr. But clearly, Angela, uh, sorry, Sweet Daddy was the, the bad guy. We, he, uh, he was the heel. Yeah, he was the heel. He was the heel. We were supposed to be booing for him, but we cheered for him just as much as we cheered for Angela Because you were Mosca, just excited Jr.
1: anyone was there. Exactly.
2: We right. No entertainment in Wawa. Finally, we have some entertainment. We're going to cheer all these guys. So the ring announcer says, sweet daddy Seeky, and he hates it when you call him faggot. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> and then all the kids in the crowd were like, wow, of course he would hate that because <laughs> that's a bad word. You shouldn't say that to anybody. Now, now I want to ask
1: you, at that age, did you know what? Like a, did you know what a faggot was? Yeah, as in a, like a, a gay man. Uh, yeah, derogatory, it's a derogatory term for, word for a gay guy. Yeah. Uh, and and you knew what that meant, and you knew it was bad. Right. Now I maybe I grew up too naive, and I think it wasn't until. I think I knew what it was, but I just thought that that didn't happen, right? I just that was just some implied thing. You didn't think thing. gay men happened? No, I didn't think that gay men happened. <laughs> I just think I think oh, that's very funny, and it doesn't happen, and that's why you're right. calling like that lepre- because they were like leprechauns, yeah, to like you. leprechauns or <laughs> unicorns or something like that, or uh, mystical creatures from Narnia or Clash <laughs> no, of the Titans. They're they're real things. <laughs> they were <laughs> real. real things. Well, and, but and uh, they hate it when they you call them the faggots. faggots. Yeah. but uh, but like, it's not like I mean I never went home to my parents and said what's a faggot. And can you show it to me? Right, and they took me like for a drive down to. And then they Church And Wellsley showed
2: you a bundle of sticks, and that yeah. was tied up yeah. properly because that's yeah. what a faggot is—a bundle of sticks.
1: Now, uh, what was it? The wasn't it a Louis C.K. episode where one of the episodes? Uh, did you see that clip yeah. where the guy actually gives the history? The history of, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and that's uh, they wouldn't f- when they would burn witches at the stake. That's right; they would call it a faggot. And well, no, they burn witches at the stake. But then the gay men in the village, I guess, weren't weren't good enough to be burned on steak, so they would just throw them in with the kindling, with the kindling, yeah, which were the rolled up sticks, yeah. and so that's how they got the name flaming faggot. Terrible, eh? Hey? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just I, dis, I disapprove of that <laughs> uh, at any time of the of the of our. Uh, I was going to say lifetime, but I don't think they. I think they stopped doing that. They stopped
2: burning people a
1: long time before we were born. Yeah, early seventies. That wasn't a happening. Then again, I don't know.
2: Maybe you're immortal. You've lived for uh, hundreds of years. Oh
1: man, it would be like that movie. What was it? Cat people, where they just get. Oh no, the Hunger, the David Bowie one, where they stay alive, where they live forever, but they keep aging.
2: That oh, was that was a, that was the hunger. I didn't see cat people.
1: No, no, the that hunger was the movie with the. the I didn't the, see the hum- hunger either. Oh, okay. Well, I won't reference those movies anymore. <laughs> but so, uh,
2: and you, so, you guys
1: uh, were told that you should not call sweet daddy Seeky or He you... hates it when
2: you call him faggot. <laughs> right. And then we were all agreed that yeah, that was, I, everybody would hate that. Yeah. So then the ring announcer tries to set us off by saying faggot, faggot, and then he got. Three hundred children chanting <laughs> at Sweet Daddy Seeky. So,
1: and then it's not like. But I did. Sweet Daddy come to the ring with this. Don't call me that. Even though the ring announcer started that chant, he,
2: he's he's pointing at the ring announcer. How dare you say right. that? Oh, I'm so mad at
1: you. How dare you? And how we planned that out in the back in the dressing room that you would say that anyways. Uh,
2: so hey, but, when and I moved he, into the neighborhood, I saw the Duke and a big sign off off to the side says Saturday afternoons karaoke with Sweet Daddy Seeky and I was like, Oh my God, it's the guy. Yeah. Twenty seven years later right? I mean, he's uh, doing karaoke so I've been bugging my wife forever like we gotta go down on a Saturday afternoon sometime and this past Saturday nothing going on why not why not let's go do some karaoke get an afternoon drink on yeah. and
1: then you were on stage what was your first song what did I sing Piano Man Billy Joel oh Piano was I Man. there for that no I wasn't there for that no. I arrived after yeah uh, I had, yeah, I arrived after, uh, I had like, a. anyways, we'll talk about the massage later. Cause, uh, you have a funny anecdote about massages as well, but I, uh, I, I can't, well, we're your trip to Mexico. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, that's a great one. Um, but, uh, so we'll talk about that, uh, later on. Uh, um, but, uh, so you
2: were on stage <laughs> and you said to him. Oh, Sweet Daddy. Yeah, so he's he's up at the front, and obviously he doesn't look like he did in 1985. Yeah. Uh, he's aged quite a lot. Sure. You know, and a frail man. And uh, he seemed to be having a, not the, the best kind of time. So he got up, and he actually sang a song, and he's got a great voice. Like, he actually really nailed the song. And he finished up, and everybody's applauding, and I yelled out, We love you, Sweet Daddy Seeky. And then he started crying. And then said, into the microphone, yeah. it's been... It's been a tough week. Uh, my wife just died. Did he say that at that point? Yes, exactly. Okay. That's what he said. It. My wife just died, and then like you could have heard a pin drop in there. he was like, "Oh God!" Yeah. And then we felt terrible. And then people came up and gave him a hug and stuff. And then my wife said, "You know, I me mean, at the end of the night, we'll give him like twenty bucks or something."
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, well, for
2: what? <laughs> Here's 20. Hey, we all chipped in 20 bucks. Hopefully this will bring yeah. back your wife. Go, yeah. <laughs> Maybe go rent a wife for the night. Yeah. yeah. Here's 20 bucks. But you know what? But they uh
1: I went uh they had like a, <laughs> so a terrible. They had a um uh Bon Jovi cover band at the Duke a while ago and uh-huh. I went there with a girl I was going out with. And there were and the John Bon Jovi guy started crying that his wife just died. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, would it be actually I don't know who's Bon Jovi John Bon Jovi's real wife. Do you know her name? No. I have no fucking idea. But it'd be funny if the real Jabon John Bon Jovi's wife died <laughs> and the fake Bon Jovi up on stage started crying right. because the real Bon Jovi's Come wife on. died. That's, that would be just because he would be do- devoted. He would be in character so that bad to be like, meta. "Oh my god, we are going to I got to pl- I got to play this up." Um <laughs> So, and then, so uh, I, I got to wrap things up, but then okay. what, uh, but then Sweet Daddy just, he said his wife had died.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and that was kind of the whole story. It just kind of brought everybody down. And we felt terrible. Like, oh, this poor man, he's mourning the loss of his life partner. Right. And here he is, he's got to, and he, got, he still has him, to introduce still, songs. He's got to play. He's got to read those little pieces of paper and,
1: and put them it, Coming uh, up, next up next to sing got... a song for his, uh, Cheryl, who's going to sing uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. I just think <laughs> of he all starts the horrible fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you know who's
1: not going to have any more fun? My wife, because she died.
2: <laughs> Would wa- so yeah, so so oh, no. have been funny if his gone, Because Gun Guns gone, so long. Yeah, he starts belting out the Chilliwack songs for his dead
1: wife. Would have been funny if his wife died in a Hell in a Cell match or got hit with a folding chair. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Uh, my wife she got choke slammed through the Spanish <laughs> announcing table by the Undertaker. And I'm gonna change. The- <laughs>
2: Sweet Daddy Siki's. Sweet Daddy Siki's. Listen to this. We love you. We we honestly do. We, no, we but are, oh my God, you gotta. Uh, it's so it, tragic. It, it, I remember. You know, and, and I guess life is not kind to wrestlers that don't become uh, you know yeah. multimillionaires. But even you know?
1: the, even the multimillionaires, they still have a. Uh, okay, I know I got to wrap things up. I'm getting the hand sign okay. from. Uh, I'm getting the hand job from our producer what? Victoria uh, to uh, wrap things up. But uh, I. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I just think uh, oh fuck I I lost my train of- anyways we're going to be uh, we're going to be back in a few minutes on our show today uh, we have uh Sean Lawrence from Forces Comedy uh, he uh, He's going to tell us about all the things he does. He books a lot of comedy shows for uh, the, uh, the Canadian uh, Yeah, he raises notary. money for
2: the uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Right, and we're going like to have Canadian
1: him soldiers. on in a few minutes. Uh, uh, Sean's already told us that uh, he's opened up for Pete at yep, comedy shows. Yeah, I've done some shows with Sean. And uh, we're going to be back with him in a few moments. So thank you. This is Anything Goes. Uh, it is a Darren Frost-free episode of Anything Goes. For the week of October 16th. My name is Dave Martin. We'll be right back in just a few moments. Thanks.
0: Putting the word rap in rape. This is Anything Goes with Aaron Frost and Dave Martin.
2: Sure. Hey guys, this is uh, John B. Duff here uh, sitting with the, these three fuck faces on uh, XM Radio. Anything goes. Oh, faces made for fucking. Or did I have to say serious there? It's no, not, it, this wasn't nah, serious. It's
1: fine. No. no. No, no, that was good. That was good. The word. Right, okay. Great.
0: Get ready to try and shower the filth off. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Okay, we are back from the break,
1: everybody. This is Anything Goes for the week of October 16th. Uh, my name is Dave Martin. Uh, we are Darren Frost free this week. He's uh, spending time from his, with his family. Uh, he was uh, up in, uh, up north, well, actually north. Winnipeg's north, Winnipeg, isn't it? Yep. He was in Winnipeg for the weekend uh, doing some shows with Kenny Robinson, a part of their and Vile tour. And so he is taken today off and in studio with me, as you just heard. Uh, I was about to call. Uh, Sweet, uh, Sweet Daddy Pete, Seeky? I was about to call uh, Pete Zedlacher Sweet Daddy Seeky. Oh. If you missed the first segment, we were talking about. The, the uh, very bizarre show that uh, of uh, karaoke in the afternoon <laughs> at uh, at the Duke Tavern. It was um, fun. It was uh, fun. It was an experience. It was an experience for um, sure. One thing I didn't mention is uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, we're, we're going to get gonna, um, sidetracked. Um, I, I, we're going to get sidetracked again. We got a guest uh, getting lost in, uh, in in karaoke talk. Uh, but on the phone, uh, our uh, our guest today is uh, a very uh, honorable person. Uh, uh, is uh, Mr. Sean Lawrence, who is a part of uh, Forces Comedy. How are you, Sean?
3: I'm good. How are you?
1: Uh, doing pretty good. Um, now, uh, you're still a part of the uh, Canadian uh, military, and uh, you've uh, done uh, tours of Afghanistan. And uh, when was the last time you were over there? Uh,
3: 2009, Road 07.
1: Okay. And uh, before uh, we went to air, I was talking to you a bit, and you were, you told me that you have a, a bit of a history with Pete, or you've done shows with him.
3: I, I was fortunate enough to, to get on to one show with him uh, on one of the bases in Kingston a while back
2: okay that's right yeah we had a it was in the junior ranks mess if i recall correctly is that right uh, The
3: sergeant's and warren's
2: mess sergeant oh, sorry i i screw up my military terminology all the time and it embarrasses me but uh yeah i just got called out on it yes we did a show uh, on cfb uh kingston yes now how now uh
1: now how is i like and so where the where are the shows that 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 you put together and where where uh where would someone get to see one of those shows
3: uh, initially, I started them and they were on the basis. Uh, we'd stick with the junior ranks mess, we'd go over to the sergeants and warrants mess, and then we'd open it up to uh, the officers mess. And then it got a little overwhelming, so then we just turned it into one big all ranks event so anybody could go. Um, and then from there, now we're opening up and we're going into legions um, and corporate and private functions all over the province right now.
1: Now, uh, what uh, now uh, is uh, the the, now the money that's uh, is money raised for these uh, a, from these shows or uh, and and uh, and and uh, uh, yeah sorry I should let you answer Are, is there money raised for these shows or, or is this a, a awareness that's raised for uh, post traumatic stress?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So what I try to do is I try to make sure that uh, I have people involved and I dedicate shows to. Um, either guys that have fallen and their families, but uh, it's a PTSD awareness drive. And uh, I donate proceeds or portions of the proceeds from the shows to, uh, military charities like wounded warrior. Um, one year it was soldier on. So I try to pick a military charity and, uh, do a run for them.
1: Now, these are just, uh, like, I mean, have you ever been involved in any of the shows where people actually go over to Afghanistan to perform?
3: No, not as of, yes. Uh, there's been some talk, but uh, right now I think it's just in the pre-planning stages.
1: Right uh, now, uh, well, know uh, Pete's been over, over to uh, and actually entertain the troops over there. Uh, what, uh, yeah, how, what? Yeah, Sean. I, Sean experiences... I've done three
2: tours in Afghanistan, so you know I've got a little more combat experience than you, <laughs> even though you're a member yeah. of the military. Uh, you know, three tours. You know,
1: now, no you... big Three tours, all okay. good. Did you, you? You never have to tell the soldiers not to heckle, do you?
3: No, no uh because we all have weapons.
1: That's yeah, exactly. right. I guess yeah, if you if you want if if I, I know if I was a comic and if I was to perform and if I heard a couple of rounds go off in the air, no. I, would, I would be yeah. like, oh, <laughs> Show's shit, let uh, change the subject. Show's over. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would bail on the show. I would be like, uh, what do you guys want to hear jokes about? <laughs> they would never dislodge, they would never, never
2: shoot a gun. I yeah. know, I know, that
1: would not happen. Uh, but, but the uh, first time no I did... Oh, you get rocketed.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's happened to me, too. But the first time I performed in Afghanistan, I walked out on stage and realized at that moment that I was performing to an armed audience, like literally sitting there with... AK-47s, you know, like, the, the real machine guns. That was my first thing out of my mouth. I'm like, oh, my God, I didn't realize you guys were going to be armed. <laughs> and the guy in the front row said, I got 32 reasons why you better be funny right now. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, this better be a funny show, funny
2: man. <laughs> It was great. How high was the stage that you were performing on? Uh, I was a 10-foot stage, maybe?
1: Oh, okay, all right. So I, there's no chance that someone could just, like, sort of shoot at your feet if you're, uh, like, in the old Western <laughs> cartoons and stuff like that. Just
3: no, no, it'll, it'll be an aim shot. Yeah, right.
1: exactly. Oh, my God. Imagine imagine the tension that you would have if you had a whole bunch of those laser-sighting red dots on your chest as you were oh, doing bits.
3: Yeah. That would be uh... a... <laughs> you can tell when your joke's go sideways because they all start to hover. In the center.
1: <laughs> I know. Um, now, uh, when you're... How, and how does... Do you... Do you do you really just sort of pick the comics that 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 you personally enjoy, and and, and that's how ha- how you book a show like this, or how much? Yeah,
3: you know, I, I just uh, people I get approached and they want to do a show, or or I reach out to somebody and they want to do a show, and then I uh, I start making some phone calls. Um, I peed on my call list. He he comes out. He's going to do more shows for us. Yeah,
2: absolutely, like like I said before, anytime anytime the Canadian military comes calling, I jump at every opportunity because it's. You know, it's one of those moments in my comedy career where I feel like I'm actually doing something for you know the country and for these these amazing human beings that are uh, risking life and limb. You know, so it's uh, I jump at every chance to go and perform for the troops, and selfishly because they're the best audiences that I've ever performed for.
1: Well, yeah, no, I mean, because I always figure that sometimes sometimes comics will do like charity shows, and and you do charity events, and you always would like to think that like that the you know that the the money that you're raising is going to like the people that, that it's actually going to go to but when you're actually doing you know jokes for for people that have sort of been through combat and you're actually getting to see you know these uh you know these these soldiers actually laughing and enjoying your material it must feel so much better than just doing a show for uh you know for and, and not no yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> drunk people <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: yeah just yeah just your bar crowds yeah and that's the thing right like that's Uh, When I came home from Afghanistan, I noticed that uh, I started to interact with guys that have been affected by PTSD, and I could see the toll that it took on them, their family, um, their friends, the disconnect. So when I decided to build this show and brought it to life, you could see on their faces that they have forgotten about all their woes, and they're just enjoying themselves, and they get that, you know, 90 minutes of reconnect with their friends, their family, and they just forget about everything, and that's part of the huge or the biggest reason why i do it
2: absolutely and also it uh, gives an opportunity for the soldiers to see that other guys are being affected in the same way and it creates a community i i think what you do sean is just is brilliant and uh you well, know i appreciate that yeah, right on and uh and like and when you, you when you're getting a or booking
1: comics and then like is there any point that you feel the need to tell a comic to stay away from certain material uh, or, or is there any, you know, hey, maybe guys don't, uh, don't make light of this subject or don't, don't make fun of this or make fun of that? Or, or are comics usually pretty sensitive to, uh, you know, the crowds that they're playing to?
3: You know, I've been pretty lucky. The guys that I've had out on the tour, we kind of do that five-minute rundown before the show, and there goes, is there anything that's, you know, kind of off-limits? Uh, hmm. Fortunately, the military guys have been completely open to everything. It didn't really matter. Um there was nothing too dark, nothing too light, it was just it was perfect. Like everybody seemed to have a really good time and you could kind of feel it in the crowd, so you knew when to push the envelope and when to kinda of just dial it back a little bit.
1: Right. I would I just I would feel so because you're standing in front of uh, you're standing in front of such brave men and women that go th- go and and do this for uh, more than just themselves, and I guess I don't know. I would just feel this uh, a, a certain amount of of guilt of look what I get to do, and then I can't believe you know. It's sort of like those moments when a comic will, like, meet, like, for an example, well, someone from the military or, like, I remember I was at a party once, and I was talking to a fireman, and then and, and I told him what I did as a stand-up comic, and he actually said to me, oh, my God, I, I don't know how you do that, man. That is so brave. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, you run into burning buildings. I, I tell dick jokes to drunks, and, I, and, just the, and that's how I would feel performing for troops, just like, oh, my God, I can't believe what you guys do. Yeah,
3: and and that's why it works. Like because I'm one of them, right? So yeah, uh, when I first got up there. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to do this. And uh, I just started spouting out some stuff, and everybody was really receptive to me because they're like, you know what? He's one of ours. Yeah. So I try to be a part of them, and that's part of the the, the biggest thing that's working for our, my show. Right, right on. People can relate to one of the military guys. So when they do get in there, it's just not a bunch of comics standing up. They're actually going, okay, well. These guys are going to tell us jokes, but you know what? We can connect with these guys because, A, most of these guys are either related or have somebody that they're in their family that's military, or they know me. And they're like, well, he's military, so uh, it just works. Right. Mind you, in Kingston now, because of Pete, um, we have an influx of Canadian geese, and nah. terrified to run... Route with all the geese now because they <laughs> drop their heads and it scares the shit out of. Everyone. I love it. I love it. The, uh, I love that.
1: Now, uh, how long? Like, how long have you been doing stand up yourself?
3: You know what? I stumbled on it in 2011. It was a dare. Yeah. I got. I was, you know, just out bullshitting with some of the guys, and then all of a sudden they're like, you know, you should try this, and, and I did, and it went really well. And from there, you know, you get guys like Pete that gave you some advice after shows, and uh, Rob Pugh gave me some advice, and Ali Hassan gave me some advice. And from there I'm just trying to build myself but for me I'm I'm relatively new uh, 2011 but uh, I've I've had great support from a lot of the big hitters like Pete and it's been it's great it's huge
1: now uh, I mean cuz you have that military background is there now is there a, a wealth of material that like other soldiers would find funny that only they could hear those jokes from another soldier
3: <laughs> absolutely I, uh, I do a bit about the Carl G and how I uh, I was really sick when I was in Quebec and I shot this rocket um, <laughs> prematurely and it went over the mountain and this guy in French was yelling at me and we had this lost disconnect of uh, language barrier and the uh, end result was is I had accidentally shot this thing over the mountaintop and he told me that Quebec was on the other side. <laughs> so when you start using the terminology Carl G and, and some of the FNGs and, and the, stuff, the military guys laugh because they understand all the acronyms but doing it to a regular crowd you have almost have to pause and, and explain it to them but yet when they start to see everybody else laugh they get the gist of it
1: and what and 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 sort of what is like can, can you describe the rush of being in, in I mean because there must be an adrenaline rush like being in, in combat and uh and there is like every comic will talk about there's a, a rush from getting your uh, your first laugh on stage and how good that must feel and also, when it doesn't go well, how bad that must feel as well. But I mean, so you you must know both know both sides of the spectrum. I mean, what what is the sort of energy rush that you got from your first time on stage?
3: I was it was huge. I shook, and uh, I I remember being out on my first patrol, and I shook, and it was so similar. I was like, oh my god, like this is the unknown. I, anything could happen. This could either go really well and be successful, or this can go sideways and be terrible. So it uh, I it balanced out, but. Uh, it, I'll tell you, the guys that get up on stage and perform, they, it's no different than being in combat. Oh, you they're know high, so I, Your enemy, I, the crowd, is still the crowd. No, you know, I you, you, completely disagree. You, you could have There's called no. us a bunch of pussies and I
1: would have been like, you are correct, sir. The only person that gets hurt at a comedy show is the comedian and they're usually just feelings. That's right.
2: Just, I, the egos get bruised. I think uh, the, ol,
1: the only time I had anything <laughs> genuinely launched at me was, uh, I had, uh, there was, I did a strip club uh, in Brantford for a bachelor party for a Jeez. bunch of curlers. <laughs> and someone whipped like one of those old, uh, you know, remember those old, old school McDonald's ashtrays that were just like that little, It was a little aluminum disc. Right. There was uh, one of those, a uh, couple of strippers whipped one of a uh, couple of those at me. And that's the only thing that's been launched in my direction. And I could deflect those pretty quick. Right. And just so do, please do never, oh, don't put us up on the same level as you, but exactly how, uh, and then can I ask you, what was it like the first time? I mean, you must have bombed on stage, and I hate to use that terminology, but uh, what is that? Uh, what was that like as
3: well? Well, I did a few uh, shows up until, and it was going really well. I was having great sets, and then I got invited out to do uh, a charity thing uh, for one of the um, golf courses. They were doing a charity run, and I got in there, and nobody wanted to listen to comedy. Oh mm-hmm. my
1: god! Like, no, I can re- I can relate to that. Go home. Yeah.
3: Uh, I may as well have been standing up and doing comedy at a funeral home. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like these people looked at me, and I could see like crickets. And I'm dropping heavy jokes. <laughs> <laughs> these guys just looked at me, and they're like, "Tom, did you get your prize yet?" I got my prize. This kid's still cocky. Let's yeah. get out of here. Like it was horrible, man. And I had a comedy show that night, and I, my confidence was just shook. Right. Yeah. I, I remember getting up and pacing because I was like, "Oh my god, I hope today, like tonight's not a repeat."
2: Yeah.
1: But, oh, well, yeah, I, I like how you kind of you're, you're mixing the odd military term and in with the odd comedy jargon, which I uh, I, I find that fascinating. Now, you got you got some shows um, now you know, you've actually been able to like do, do you do you stick around after the show and, and talk to the other uh, military guys and sort of, you know, be able to have that, uh, you know, dialogue between them and, and just sort of like beyond like what happens to these guys after the comedy shows i mean are there other support groups that they can go to and
3: oh absolutely there's tons i know uh, a lot of times after the shows when the comics are done these guys will come up to them and they just want to shake hands and they're like listen thanks for you know the 90 minutes of making me forget all this terrible shit that goes in my head and just let me laugh about things and then they come up to me afterwards and they're like listen i remember when i was in wainwright and this happened and this happened you should talk about this and i go you know what man that's happened to me too. And so a lot of times we just share the same stories and, you know, we just comify them right? and and then we spit them back out and the guys love it. They relate to it. Yeah. And then they start realizing you know, how many things or comic relief things happen when they're away on exercise or when they're deploying and they just have no idea.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, that is when I know Pete can agree with uh, me on this, that like, one of the great things about comedy is that a comedian will open on themselves up on stage, and you don't. And it's one of those moments where you realize that that whatever sort of quirky, weird thing that you do, uh, you'll realize, uh, you know, that you're not the only one who does that. Uh, and, you know, like uh, just like, some embarrassing thing that a comic might do, like when they get out of the shower or, or something like that or or whatever they run across in their everyday life. And then they'll see it co- and you'll see a comic on stage say the same thing. And it, it's this weird connection that you uh, have immediately with someone that you're like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that other people, you know, did that that thing. And then it's and that's one of the uh, I think must be one of the great healing things about you know, therapy through, uh, you know, comedy or just being around other people that have been through that same experience is that you realize that you're not, whatever you're feeling, you're not completely alone out there.
3: Well, that's right. And that's the whole point. Uh, The whole concept behind my show was to be able to give back to these guys. have a little bit of a release so they can sit back and enjoy themselves, reconnect, bring some friends and family, not be withdrawn and enjoy themselves. Right. a few years downrange and have a good time. I got diagnosed with PTSD in March of this year, and I didn't even know I had it. Yeah. And, uh, so now I started to just drop some PTSD jokes, and it's funny because you start to catch the guys real quick. Yeah. So that's- Next time you hear a fire alarm go off in Walmart, and you see 11 of us laying down on the ground. <laughs> oh, oh, shit, floor. man. You know, and, well, we were all in the same platoon at some point.
1: Oh, that is, uh, I, you know, I, I think what you're doing is amazing, and it's amazing how much, uh, like, comedy can uh, be used as, as, a, as a real healing tool, and it can be, uh, it can bring people together, and I think what you're doing is really amazing. Now, uh, if uh, people want to find you on the Internet, or uh, where can, how can people find you?
3: Uh, if you're on the internet, you can go to forcescomedytour.net. If you're on Twitter, I'm at, at forcescomedy. I'm on Facebook, forcescomedytour. Uh, I'm real easy to get a hold of. So uh, if you're interested and people want to check us out.
2: And you've got some shows coming out. up too, right, Sean? Yeah, What,
1: what are I, the, sh- uh, the, the shows that you have coming up, there's one on the uh, is October 18th? Yeah,
3: there's one 18 October in Kingston at the Junior Ranks, Matt. Okay. We have uh, another one on the 29th. Yes. And then we're in Petawawa. In January, and it looks like we're going back to the Legion in some time in the new year. And I'd like to get my, we're in the planning stages of the tour now, but it looks like uh, in the early 2014 we're going to start spreading out and moving around Ontario, and then hopefully we'll go wider east and west.
1: All right. Well, I mean, uh, thank you so much, uh, Sean, for uh, coming on the show today. Uh, keep with the good work. I think that you're doing an amazing job, and uh, anything that uh, is going to comfort uh, the troops uh, when they come back home from the, uh, the horror that is war. So, uh, again, thank you so much. Uh, and, uh, and, and Sean, stay on the line. i got to wrap things up, but uh, stay on the line so we can give you a proper goodbye. Uh, but, uh, again, uh, Sean Lawrence, again, find him. We'll just say it one more time. Where can they find you on the Internet? It's 4th. Forcescomedytour.net. Forcescomedytour.net. Go and check them out. They do a great work. And uh, do you have a, a Twitter handle?
3: It's a, at Forces Comedy.
1: At Forces Comedy. Find them on Twitter. Uh, give them a shout. And uh, thanks again, Sean, for coming on the show.
3: I appreciate it. You guys have a good night. All right, thank you very much. Uh, And
1: uh, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, uh, Pete and I uh, are going to uh, wrap things up, uh, talk a little bit about the Canadian Comedy Awards, and uh, and we'll talk, we'll exchange some uh, massage stories, and uh, we'll be right back. Uh, Thank you very much. This is Anything Goes for the week of October 16th. We'll be right back.
0: Smoother than a stripper's area, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Hey, this is Kelly Taylor, and you're listening to Anything Goes on Sirius XM.
1: You're probably taking me with five takes. That's fine. Okay. Right now? Yeah. This is Kelly... T- what the fuck is that? This is Kelly Taylor on Sirius XM, listening to Anything Goes. Is that the right order? No, or you're, you're, you're
0: listening to Anything Goes on Sirius XM. Okay.
1: This is Kelly Taylor. You're listening to Anything Goes on Sirius XM. Taint? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we yes, go. That Perfect. works. Sure, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Like a crush,
0: mark. I'm Ron Bergen. Yeah. All right. Wipe off your face. We're back. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin.
1: Alright hey there everybody we are back this is a uh, sh- this is shitty Johnny Carson hello here everybody no uh, we're back from uh The break uh, on the phone with us uh, in the uh, second segment was uh, Sean Lawrence of uh, Forces Comedy. Uh, He does uh, great work putting on uh, shows for the troops. Yep. And uh, we are Darren Frost free this week. Uh, Pete Zedlacker is my guest host beside me in the studios. Uh, Hi there. This is Anything Goes for the week of October 16th, in case I didn't mention that already. And um, I'm going to mention the the shows that... uh, that uh, Sean Lawrence has coming up. Uh, these are this is in Kingston. He has uh, Tyler Morrison and Tom O'Donnell. They're going to be performing on the eighteenth and uh, on the twenty ninth. Uh, I think of November. Uh, he has uh, Dave Merhaj and Arthur Simeon. So you could go to TicketScene.ca uh, to get tickets, or you can go to uh, Sean Lawrence's own personal site at Forces Comedy. Uh, dot, net, dot net dot net and find out more about that um now i uh went off to the canadian comedy awards where uh i ran into pete i recorded a bunch of people uh a little uh some funny awkward questions and um but uh after the uh awards um which took place october 3rd to the 6th in ottawa mm-hmm. um the uh, gentleman uh, who's been a, a guest on the show before, a very funny Steve Patterson, wrote a uh, article in was it the uh, Huffington Post. On the Huffington Post, yes. Yeah, and um, it was, uh, basically the article was uh, how uh, we should take Canadian comedy more seriously. Mm-hmm. Now, I read this, and I agreed with everything that it had to say,
2: um, and now, now you read it too, Pete? And Steve has written that article in various different forms right. in, in, in different uh, mediums before. And it really just falls on deaf ears. It's really frustrating because everything Steve said in that article about how we have to support our own and how we have a comedy network in our own country that ignores the comedy awards. Right. uh, The comedy network basically has become a buying network. All they do is just buy... Reruns of shows that are currently running in the yeah, United they states. seem like
1: to be like the best of Comedy Central from the states, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, like I love The Daily Show, I love The Colbert Report, I love everything that the Comedy Central has to offer. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't take a lot of money to get four funny comics and a host just to sit around like a, a politically incorrect or like a the Tough Crowd show with t- Colin um, Quinn. Brilliant! I would love that show. I mean,
2: but and, I, that said, they do match game, and that's a, a nice <laughs> launching pad for uh, you know a lot of it, comics. They it, do a lot of. You, you know, know what? what? It's
1: be, kind of become a little bit more of a launching pad for CTV shows uh, this season has and I've heard, and I'm not going to name any names but people on the show have been a part of that show and they're just sort of, they look around going like these aren't even comics on this show anymore they're just people that are part of CTV shows and they're promoting and you know what? Fine. If they want to use it as a promotional vehicle, they can. But there's no reason why they can't and uh, do like a like a forum sort of show, like a politically incorrect or tough crowd. And sadly, I think that the reason why they don't is they don't want sometimes comics to have that much power uh, and be you know seen as the uh, as the real driving mm, force maybe. behind
2: a show. But let's pitch that. Let's let's put a pitch together and do like a politically incorrect Canada. Let's, I, I, let's do that.
1: I, I like to. Uh, I'd like to let's think that that style of show is. Pretty probably already been pitched right and what i like about the fact that steve wrote this article is that steve is a success story as far as canadian comedy yeah. goes you know he hosts the wildly successful uh, debater show that you can hear on XM on on the cbc channels i know in canada he can okay uh but he's just and he, it's and so this is not coming from a, a bitter place no and, and you could see how uh it it easily could from a Canadian comic that might not be that successful, but he's a success story. And again, and, and, and God love him for it, he's pointing out the fact that both uh, E-Talk, the Entertainment Tonight-style show that's on CTV – they weren't at the Canadian no. Comedy Awards. Entertainment Tonight Canada was not at the Comedy Awards. Even the Comedy Network was not at the Canadian Comedy Awards. And this is kind of one of those things: is like you have to make a big deal at a Canadian comedy Absolutely. because to audience members, then we're going to seem like a bigger deal, and then they're going to think that yeah,
2: this is a big deal. It's it sort a of big that deal. you that don't al- have to pretend it's a big deal. It is a big. Deal. It, it is a, a big huge deal. honor to get but, you know a nomination. So, Huge honor to get a pat on your back from the industry.
1: And it's like uh, Canadian comics are beginning to recognize that, and it's about time that audiences do because rarely do you see a show where people don't leave after enjoying themselves. We have such amazing talent in this city and in this country, and when we don't recognize it, uh, it's just, it's a shame, and, and uh, I agree. I think that the show needs to be televised. First of all, I think that would help. It
2: might, it might be, it might be a great uh, way to uh, to drum up some more uh, a star a star system in our country is to have a, a, a televised award show. That'd be that'd be something instead you, of combining the Gemini's and the Genies into one kind of... Uh, well,
1: the screen... Was it the screen... The screenies or something it's called I, I, now? Don't, I don't know what that they dissolve that into one award. It's, anyway.
2: We just need to make a bigger deal out of it. Absolutely.
1: And it's like... And my, my dad, who's never seen me do a, a minute of stand-up, I think... uh I think my parents might have put the TV on mute and watched a bit of my comedy now between uh, commercials of a Law & Order episode. But even my dad noticed that there wasn't anything in, like, yeah. the Globe and Mail, Toronto Star, National Post, nothing about the Canadian the Comedy The next award. day
2: after the Canadian Comedy Awards. CBC did a little, and oh, it's a lighthearted segment about the Canadian Comedy Awards, and all they talked about was Goon, like the right. big, the big movie. Yeah, uh, they they showed a couple of clips from the movie, mm-hmm. and then they talked about uh, twenty two minutes getting the best TV show. Yeah, and that was basically it. They they blazed over any of the top comics, any of the you know, top male, top right. female, best newcomer, all those awards, best improv, just all were blazed over, and nobody. Nobody gave a rat's ass. So it, it's just it's just shitty when we have to be waiting until we're embraced by the United States, absolutely, to, and then come back here to it's, make something. And it works with bands, it works with comics, it works with actors. For some reason, Canadians we have this inferiority complex. Until somebody breaks in the states, then they go, "Oh, he is good." Right. Oh, now we can like the bare naked ladies. Right.
1: And and it's sort of like to make people famous, you have to sort of you have to sort of draw. You don't you don't want to draw back the curtain and see that we're just like right? you know we have to that's the thing about a star system is you have to throw up a curtain and be like no but behind this curtain is a really big important big superstar and and we and if you just keep reinforcing how um, amazing canadian comics are then people start realizing that oh well maybe this is something that's but worth paying attention to you can start
2: with your listeners right now like go see a comedy show like when you've got a tuesday night off and you're, you're you don't want to watch another rerun mm-hmm. of big bang theory go hit an open mic in your town because there's some great comedy that's that's out in our country that people should check out.
1: Right. Yeah, and don't make it like uh, you know, it's it's that old thing of like nobody goes to the movies and says, "Oh, I just want a ticket for a movie." So I like really to invest in going out to see a comedy show. Yeah. You know, watch a couple of clips of the comics that every every comic has a clip on YouTube. Go out, see a couple clips, yep. and then go out and see a show. And we would love to see you. Yeah, and, and come up to us afterwards and uh and buy and us a, a beer. Drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh man, we got to we got to get going. So much uh we we could have gotten to um, I, before our uh, uh, afternoon karaoke at, right. the, at, the, uh, uh, at the Duke. Um, I had a, a massage, and I felt very guilty because I did not get aroused during it. Right. I felt guilty for some reason. Was she embarrassed for you? Like, No, I had enough embarrassment for both of us. I didn't really ask her. I was like, Uh, do you wish I had a boner right now? I didn't ask that. But I just I, I could tell that I didn't have one. And also I didn't want to do one of those is it Kegel exercises? Is that the international That's or is that just for
2: women? Women just do those. Yeah. What
1: what is it called when a man does
2: it? I don't- uh, disgusting?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Awkward? <laughs> Embarrassing? I didn't I didn't want to but you know how you can try to maintain a, a boner with the, that what?
0: Okay. what? You don't know. All right. okay. Okay. okay.
1: Yeah, yeah you yeah. can, right. But there must be cuz men can do those exercises too to build up their uh you know, their uh their their flat, uh, their uh, ability to maintain and people are listening weekend or keep
2: wood. You can't see right now, but Dave's making a fist. I'm making a, like fist, a fist sign for, his, yeah. for this. Which is his
1: erection. Which is very false advertising too. <laughs> don't ever think that I can uh, okay, we got to get going. Uh, Darren and I, if you're listening to this, we're going to be in Ottawa this weekend, the October 17th and the 19th. Uh, I'm going to be doing both clubs in uh, the greater Ottawa area, the Elgin Club and the Prescott. And yuck then yucks, uh, right? Yeah, yuck that's yucks. the yuck fucks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be also in uh, Calgary and Edmonton, and then I'll be in Vancouver uh, the first three weekends uh, of uh, November. I'm going to be uh, all across the country. Uh, Pete, where
2: can people find you? You can check out my website, ZedLacker.com. ZedLacker.com. Facebook. Uh, dot com slash Zedlacker or Pete Zedlacker. There's two of them on there. And your Twitter handle, sir? At Zedlacker. Z-E-D-L-A-C-H-E-R.
1: And sadly, I found out this weekend that the mouthwash that I bought was alcohol-free. I should have known better after uh, half a bottle and not catching a buzz. Thank you very much, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Tune in next week. Uh, We're going to have some other people here. I'm not sure who
0: it is, Uh, but until next time, farts ahoy! That's it for this week. Anything Goes wants to thank Victoria for producing the show and George Westerholm for the music used. Follow the hosts on Twitter at Comedy horror at Dave Martin World. Download new episodes every week on iTunes. Join the Facebook group and follow the show on Twitter at Anything Goes Hot. Anything Goes hopes you laugh, cry, and learn something. Come back next week. And until then, take it easy.